Hey everybody, this is Italo, and you're listening to the Critical Channel Podcast, the show that talks about engineering, culture, scalability, and many other challenges for people who love technology. Today we're talking about Kubernetes with Kirin Patel, Pedro Carvalho, Maxine Kravitz, and Warner Bukoy. We'll discuss everything there is to know about Kubernetes and why it may or may not be complex to use it in your company. Should we uh, make good on uh, one promise and uh, talk about what was it that we left uh, out on the last episode? Was it um, alerting? Oh boy. Uh, or let's I mean, I, yeah, I don't remember. We... I don't remember. We can talk about alerting if you want. I haven't prepared anything for alerting, but you know, I, I know you. Uh, I know you prefer it when I just kind of wing it. Um, you you have some red background there, so that oh, it's on that the, counts. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's my alerting going off. It just uh, yeah, uh, it yeah, flashes, I'm, I'm, flashes on my hue lights when when uh, Grafana goes off. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm just very curious about Kira, what Kieran wants to talk about because, like, alerting we can we can talk about, but yeah. So um, I mean, we, punk, right? we can talk about what I what I want to talk about. Um, the this to- uh, Italo's Italo's, uh, Italo's alerting went off. It, it, right. I think Italo's alerting just went off. Yeah, but uh, right. Warten. There. We go. <laughs> He's back. Good. Okay, He's back. Good. He's back. <laughs> um, yeah, Italo and I were in a random uh, random bar that incidentally uh, said on the front of it, wine bar, and then we walked in and there was somebody there going uh, to the to the owner, uh, so do you have wine here? <laughs> um, no. Yes, it's on the sign. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we were sat in there, and I, I'm not even sure how we got onto this topic, but we started talking about how uh, people always um, think things like Kubernetes, not specifically Kubernetes, but honestly, like that's what we're most familiar with, so that's probably what we'll talk about the most during this episode. Uh, are very complex. And I have spent uh, about 93 seconds before this show Googling, and I found a Hacker News comment, because it's always a Hacker News comment, reading, uh, and I quote, the more I look into the Kubernetes ecosystem, the more I'm convinced that it's one of those things that shoots, that suits Fang, etc. But the regular Joe developer has caught onto the fad and wants to add it to his repertoire, even though it's overkill. So, like, this is Boy, not a new a, That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Right. This this is not a new sentiment. Uh, I think this is like a very um, this is something that's like really prevalent on the both on the internet and also with some engineers that I've met and spoken to and worked with, where um, people think, hey, like this is this is absolute overkill. We don't need this. Uh, the, like Kubernetes is Google scale, and we're never going to be Google scale. Yeah. There is also this slide I think from Google uh, that says that it uh, was never meant to be used by developers ever. Yep. Right. So what like this uh, this is where I want to go with this is like, you know, why is where does this complexity come from? Uh why is that kind of complexity necessary and uh what do you think the intention was? Where do you think this is going? Because honestly, uh out of, you know, you've got Kubernetes, Nomad, Mesos, like whatever other things are out there. Um Kubernetes has kind of become the incumbent in this space. But obviously, like, it's still evolving. It's, things are still moving. So, like, uh, you know, where do we think it's going? And, and what do you think the uh, the end game is for developers to not think it's too complex? Maybe, we should, really maybe we should think about, the, you know, the before Kubernetes, right? What was before? What options did you have before? 
as a developer to deploy your applications into something, right? Um, and as a sysadmin or sys engineer in this case, in basically maintaining that infrastructure. So how was it before? Well, I think a lot of the time, and it's not even before, it's still today with some companies yeah. that, that uh, uh, many, many a startup will have production 01, production 02, production 03. Uh, just these... have a couple of VMs. A couple of VMs, Ansible or Chef or Puppet or something oh, like not that. Even. Not even, not even, right? No, but that's like, if you, it, like, let's assume you have a company who actually automates their shit nicely, because mm -hmm. honestly, that's really something I do like, because I think that's one of those cases where if you don't automate those kind of things, even if you're running VMs, which we're basically talking about, uh, then not having that automated is just going to bite you in the ass in the end. So let's assume that we at least have some automation there, right? But you have VMs. Before that, you had bare metal servers. Like, I remember going into a data center and literally plugging a server. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I, I remember working with a computer under someone's desk with a post-it stuck to it saying, please don't turn this off aimed at the cleaner. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even <laughs> need to go that much back, right? Like, uh, let's even talk about clouds, just clouds and VMs. Um, so you have VMs and, and we're talking about automation, which already introduced some complexity, right? So now developers need to understand automation, which, as we all here know, was very challenging for us when we worked together. It really depends, though. Like, I mean, depending on the company as well, right? Like, you have a lot of companies which don't work in a cross-functional team. We like yep. most companies where I started off in, in the past. Everything depends, right? Everything depends. Yeah. I, I don't think Kubernetes is complex. You can think it is. So everything I, I depends. I think Kubernetes, once you go into the internals and after having written a controller and an operator and those similar projects, I think it's bloody complex. Definitely <laughs> when you're working together with more controllers and more systems, which all add their own complexity to the mix. So mm -hmm. I totally get why people think it's complex. Do I think it's overkill for some situations? Absolutely not. Do I think that if you want to run your WordPress site, that you need Kubernetes? Please just get a hosted WordPress site from them. <laughs> well, then, then you're paying for something. You can also pay for, for other things there to solve the Kubernetes problem. But anyways, I'm not even getting to that yet. Um, just talking about the VM side. Um, so right now we're talking about, okay... So we have, we used to have VMs, so developers need to understand how to automate that. Okay, fine. And they go there and they deploy. And there you go. So you have VMs, you probably have a load balancer somewhere where you have to set up and automate. Beautiful, doesn't seem too complex. And there you have something. Is that about right? I mean, yes. So the question is... Uh, Kubernetes is seen as complex, you know, uh, from the quote that, that I gave before, it's this, this, uh, I, I didn't get the guy's username actually, but like, you know, he says he's convinced it's something that suits Fang, but the regular Joe developer has caught onto the fad and just kind of wants to play with it. Um, if it's, so, you know, if it, what, what do you get out of that additional complexity? Uh, because yeah, of course you can, you can set up a couple of VMs, you can slap a load balancer in front of them and it can be, you know, an ELB. It doesn't have to be, a, you don't have to like manage your own HA proxy or anything like that. And you can run a multi-million dollar business on it. Like, honestly, be honest. Like, you don't, this is the same discussion as we had with, with the monitoring and the observability. It really mm -hmm. depends on what you need. Or what like, you if build. You, like, or what you build as well. Like, it might might be for your company that 
two VMs with a load balancer is all you need and a bit of automation so you can hopefully quick quickly um, I'm doing air quotes uh, scale up as well to a third one if necessary but that might be enough and that's the question I think which a lot of thing people need to ask themselves like okay if you're a startup you're just starting off right like honestly I wouldn't start with Kubernetes not even a, a hosted one I would probably start off with a VM and maybe just try, try to get my product up and running first yeah, uh, again, you can also say, no, you don't start off with any of that. And we just start off with a couple of lambdas and go that direction. Yeah. So, so how, how do you fine. know when, how do you know when the time is to, to, you know, take a, take a further steps then? Scale. What, exactly. I, would also, to, I would also say, yeah, look, so look at your traffic team. Load. Like, basically all this complexity, we know that it takes some experience to deal <clears> with this complexity, like to kind of handle it, to make it manageable sort of tame it and if you have no idea what you're doing even if you're using all the like something like eks when like a lot of this complexity is then it doesn't uh, work d done for you it's still pretty hard just because you yep. need all kinds of knowledge and experience in different areas so i would say look at your team if your team like if just just so happens yeah, that I you agree. are a startup but with a lot of people who have a ton of experience yeah go ahead put kubernetes in if you already have like some idea then, about your product that then i would argue something else or whatever well, maybe look at the vm look at the ansible thing now you you still have to have somebody that knows what they're doing setting up the security groups making sure they build the right subnets here and there oh, oh yeah absolutely it's the same it's the same I, issue, I mean, right i'm not saying uh it's just not kubernetes it, it's it's everything it is. like yeah, it's not really the same, is it, though? Like, if we're honest, like, you can you can go really far with just a VM. I mean, when I said scale earlier, I think I was sort of mixing together, like, traffic scale and also, like, mm -hmm. team scale, so the size of the team. Um, but if I unpack those two things and I just think about just pure traffic, you can go really with traffic, far. traffic, yes. Really, really, oh, yeah. really far with, with one VM or, I mean, you know, like... I so, mean, so many companies still don't or, use Kubernetes. Like, yeah. profitable, big... Yeah like successful companies just don't use it and it's fine yeah it's fine so yeah. then okay so then perfect this is this is this is where i wanted to go so like devil's advocate why do we i scale. think we all we are all using it so why are we all using it and, and we're all agreeing that it's complex uh um, where, where is the complexity answer. i use it because it was there when i joined sure yeah <laughs> so i got but which choice. Here. same <laughs> i was I like mean, hey but, but here it would, is yeah. but is it a sensible choice for where you are uh, no, and, and, I, I, so I think why? I think I think I think it is, uh, and I think it I, makes I, no I, sense at where I am. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it makes no sense, partner. I think that's something where we kind of disagree. But I, I see, I see your point. I definitely see your point. And I, I mean, I've been, I've been, we've been talking about this, right? Like, I agree, we could run everything off of a single, a single VM. Everything we have running, it could actually be a single VM. Um, also because well. we have like like there's there's advantages and disadvantages right if you have a lot of teams and you have mm -hmm. scale then it makes kubernetes makes a lot of sense because you just build a container you deploy the thing with a bit of a helm chart or whatever you want to use and you're done right it, it makes sense it's it's uh, fast. Um, there, there is also this thing that uh kind of like how much do you gain from having this complexity some apps i don't have like good examples uh, maybe we could say let's say some uh kind of thing that we usually don't work with there's this thing called airflow for mm -hmm. yep. dealing with data mm -hmm. uh 
among other things, this thing can run in the Kubernetes cluster as like some kind of an operator, which makes it a little bit easier to work with rather than managing a bunch of VMs. You just tell it, hey, here's the cluster. You can do whatever you want in it. Here's your namespace or whatever. Create as many pods as you love, whatever. And even if you don't have a ton of teams, things like that are useful. The question is, again, do you really need this? Would it like improve things for you? I mean, also, uh, given that it will require some effort on your side to set up. But I, I want to touch on some it, one it thing. Back to I want to touch on one thing which people often forget. Right? It's not like you set up Kubernetes and you're done. And this is the same with the VMs as well. There is a maintenance cost, mm -hmm. and I have to say that the maintenance cost, which I see for definitely once you're starting running Kubernetes with Istio and all the other things, becomes high. Like it becomes a high maintenance cost compared to a VM where you install a couple of packages, you run your your security scripts on it, they send out an email. I mean, of course it does. Yeah, but but then again, Definitely. you can't have all the bells and whistles for free, right? Mm -hmm. No, but it isn't really. I think it's, it's something which people like forget, right? They forget that for for Kubernetes, every pod, every container that you're running, you need to do security on. Like you need to set up your security context. You need to set up your don't run as root. You need to make sure that the images which you're using, preferably, are using distro list, but. If they uh, don't, still, then the packages the are properly VMs up to date. And bare servers, right? It's still the same thing. Bare metal servers, VMs. It's like... Yain. It's still the Yain. Because you uh, don't have to do it for Yain, every exactly, container. I agree. You, yeah. <laughs> you also still. have to run it on your nodes, which are, in the end, your nodes also need security checks. Um, but then you have some fancy automation that allows you to run this on multiple nodes in a much easier way than yeah. you would do. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. You cannot automate it. But again, even that automation need main, needs maintenance. And the question is, like, what kind of maintenance burden as a, as a company can you take? Oh, as well, right? If you're deciding on on going yeah. Kubernetes, if you're deciding on going in Istio, right? If you're deciding on saying, okay, I want all these fancy features, you have to keep in mind that you cannot have a single sysadmin who's going to manage it all for you. Which is also also how you often I think see setups in in the state which they are, which is honestly like uh, we if you ask a pen tester to go in there, it's they're gonna laugh their ass off. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, you you can ask a single sys admin to to maintain that. That's fine. It works if if you if they know what they do, right? So you can these days you can have a Kubernetes cluster running in EKS, which is manageable the control plane for you running in Firegate so you don't have to manage the nodes and you maintain the Helm charts that you have and the pain tester will still have a problem to access it if your applications are secure so I'm not even getting to the security point of it uh, it's I, I agree with it a little like bringing a pen tester here that's a that's a big stretch there is like so but, much in between Kubernetes yeah. and the user's browser so I think yeah it Just putting everything, every bit of complexity on Kubernetes, that's a bit unfair. So Max, I'm, gonna oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, saying, gonna I'm, I'm not saying it's one of the primary parts, right? It's, but it is something where you have to keep things in mind. Yeah, but I it's always there. Like, let's agree. And I think we all would agree. Maintenance, everything I, I needs think a, a cool, maintenance. A cool. You can't have anything yeah. that doesn't need. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it is one of those things which I've seen. And this is what I've seen is that the complexity with Kubernetes in maintenance is harder than with a VM. Like, it's not like, okay, you spin up a new VM. Like, I would this, argue this, that it depends people also, also again, do a very shitty job with AWS. 
like on the state. Sometimes, sometimes Kubernetes, like how complex it is and how at least initially unfriendly it is to people. I think it even helps with having more secure setups because what you can do in AWS, especially if you just use like your mouse and keyboard to set things up, like I've seen some horrific setups, which would be quite a challenge to organize in Kubernetes. It, not saying it's not possible, definitely is, but man. So yep. yeah, I don't think this like complexity argument comparing to, again, comparing to what? Comparing to AWS, no chance. AWS is like so much more but again, complex. But again, now you're already touching on something very important, which is you've already handed over your Kubernetes cluster because you're not doing the control plane. You're not doing the nodes anymore, which already means you're it's almost software, so it's getting towards software as a service because you're just using an API. Yeah, I'm not hearing that it's less complex. Yeah. Your I'm using the, right? so, but you've, that complexity is still yeah, there. I'm, I'm hearing that you can hide that. Yeah. You just hit, you just hit it. You're just saying this thing doesn't feel more complex to me because I hit it behind the service and that's fine, but it doesn't mean that it's less complex. I mean, I don't, I don't agree that it's, not as or that it's any less complex than a VM. A VM is conceptually so simple; it's a server. I mean, right? It by it's definition, is more complex than a VM because it consists of multiple VMs with some orchestration around it. But we don't have to yeah. go yeah. into semantics of it. Um, how about we talk about how you choose to go there? Because like Kieran asked that earlier, and I thought that was a very interesting question because I do think it ties back to architecture, like. Suppose you start right and you start with a monolith in this hypothetical startup scenario. At which point do you start extracting things from that monolith or, or why would you in the first place? And I think a lot of, uh, I've see, I see very often people getting bogged down in the technical reasons for this. Oh, it's too much traffic. Oh, I got to scale horizontally. And I think 99% of these arguments can be torpedoed um, because you couldn't always scale like you can scale vertically really, really far these days. Um, so why do you actually have to extract things away from your monolith? And I think the better answer is organizational. Well, I, I mean, we talked about this in the microservices episode, right? Like maybe you have too many concurrent builds hap- happening because there's too many mm-hmm. contributors in there. Maybe there's reasons that are not related to your performance in your deployment for you to actually split up the code base. And at some point you split it up. Okay. And then, and then I think the conversation about containers creeps in. Like, oh, maybe something is way too small for this to be in a, have a whole VM of itself. Well, maybe I don't want to have, you know, 10 different little worker jobs in the same VM. Um, and, and that's, I think, when the conversation of VMs versus containers comes in. And then I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of, a lot of momentum around Kubernetes. Like as soon as you select Docker to be in your stack, it feels like it's almost like an automatic decision that it follows that you're going to have Kubernetes as well in deployment and well, in, I mean, in production. Uh, I'm not sure that's I can, correct. I mean, I, I want to go back to you talking about to you kind of equating Kubernetes to microservices here because um, I I think that yeah probably like eight times out of ten you you're using you know one uh, Kubernetes. A pod service uh, deploy well deployment I guess to one microservice right um, whereas yeah, it doesn't have to be that way so like uh, the 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 job that I've just left um, we had a, a monolithic application that was 
that had a bunch of queue workers, a bunch of like CLI commands that ran different queue workers. So each one of those, you know, made sense to be rather than having another copy of the application running because it was system D managing these queue workers. It's now a copy of the application that's Kubernetes managing these queue workers, which gave us a lot of benefits in terms of like observability and scale and like auto scaling and that sort of thing. Um, so kind of in, in the same vein, right? It, yeah, sure. It's like scale that, that forced you to go that. But in this case, it wasn't scale in terms of, you know, we had, suddenly, oh, we have 50 microservices and we need something to, to manage this. And honestly, Kubernetes was probably not the, the best choice for this. Probably something like Nomad would have been a better choice because it's a monolithic application that wasn't necessarily containerized beforehand. Um, so, you know, we, we could have orchestrated with that. It was just in order to get around the complexity of self-managing something, you know, manage Kubernetes services are much easier to come by than manage Nomad or, or Mesos or whatever services. Um, but and you were also small, right? Or still are? Like the company is like organization yeah, yeah, side like, of it. Like that doesn't less need than all twenty, this. less than twenty people. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't for like you know the microservices were were put there for um, specific <clears throat> technical reasons, usually to like shield the the monolithic API from uh, areas of the application that would receive high traffic, and therefore the microservice can take the brunt of the traffic and, and protect the API from that. That was the main reason for using them. Uh, in a lot of cases, but the reason for using Kubernetes was not the same. It was because we had s something on the order of like 600 queue workers doing various things and system D was just not tenable anymore. Yeah, and also did you also run into the part where Kubernetes actually doesn't guarantee that a cron worker starts for a scheduled job actually starts? Uh, we did, but that is solved by i mean that's a, a different problem but yes we we did yeah. uh but it was also uh because frankly because uh things were done in a way that i didn't recommend they were done and then i i, I mean at that point you can kind of hold up and go look this is why i said don't do it this way and then okay fair enough so i think it's actually the the, the thing which i'm really seeing which i think is very interesting is the abstraction layer which we're introducing because everybody's already talking not about managing their own control plane managing their own nodes everybody's already talking about okay let's use something that amazon google azure provides for you as a service right like we're not talking anymore about okay we we basically when i started off in my career we first started off with a simple server you have your server either on your desk in a closet or Preferably in the data center, uh, which is how you started off with, right? And then you had to go to the data center to swap out the hard disk, things like that. Then we went from there, we went to VMs, which was, okay, we don't have to worry about the server actually anymore too much. We have to say how many CPUs we want and how much memory and if we want a GPU, yes, no. There, how there, there were also managed servers where you still didn't have to worry about them, but no VMs. Yep. Yes, yeah, that was sorry. when you paid someone else to worry about them. That's, yeah, that's more outsourcing than a technological that's, And that's change. the same story the with same everything. That's the same with VMs, EKS. You're yep. just, as I think we all said at least once, like if it's not your core competency, it doesn't make sense building mm -hmm. it or maintaining it yourself. Just pay money, you'll yep. get it. And also another benefit that you get uh, out of it, this maintainer's, I'm not a big fan of vendors, but still, that's a good thing. Uh, this people maintain various setup, setups of various sizes and levels of complexity. The amount of knowledge and experience they collect there is invaluable. You, with your like 
initially, I don't know, 10 servers would never able to get this straight, like straight from the beginning. You'll have to jump through all the hoops and everything. So as again, with many other things, just buy it. Just don't yeah. even, yep. don't even think about running your own Kubernetes, honestly, unless you really have a use case for it. Because why would you? It's just, it's like reinventing the cloud yeah. squared. Exactly. <laughs> it's done work. And you gain yeah. nothing out of it right away, like zero. But this already answer, answers part of the complexity problem, right? It's so complex that it's better to outsource it as well. Um, yep. I fully agree, by the way, with you. So let's say, take this a step further, because now we get into the next part, which we already see. Like I'm taking security because that's how I've got the most experience with this, but we already see that our containers are a pain in the ass to maintain. Like, yeah, because people use them semi SVMs, then they don't, then you have dependencies, you have security issues, all those things. So what's the uh, next hold on, step? Hold like, on, hold on, hold on a second. That, that's yep. a good point. I don't think it's fair to like put the fault on containers. If inside yeah. no, no, the organization, no, the process, how you work with various objects, like software entities and stuff, if this is in a messy state, no technical solution would solve this ever, right? Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's just not fair. It's the same with containers, VMs, whatever magical things, pixie dust somewhere in the cloud. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing it properly, sorry, it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, but yeah. why don't we just get rid of that as well? Uh, like you mean uh -huh. leave only the magical pixie dust and get rid of the rest? Yeah, why do I need to well, worry I about the container, about the yeah. CPU, about RAM? I just want to write some code, push it somewhere, and let somebody else figure it out. That's so let's. Serverless. So uh, th this brings me into two things. One is like, what is the future of where this is going? Which um, I'm gonna just put on pause for a minute. Uh, the other thing that comes out of that is do, um, that a lot of engineers and and uh, you know here I'm referring specifically to like software developers who have been very happy writing their code up until this point, and then they, they push it to Git, and then it magically ends up in production. And now, uh, all of a sudden, they also have, like, this Helm chart to, to manage, and they have to worry about, like, their you know, managing their own memory limits and something like that. So is Kubernetes, like, um, kind of forcing them to think about some things that, that they haven't had to think about before. And is that where this perceived complexity comes from? You know, we've, we've talked a lot so far about like, there is this complexity that comes with Kubernetes. Uh, Max, you've used the word complexity about 10 times so far. Uh, yeah, I we need to, counting, we will put a counter I, in the end. I, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll put a counter into the episode. Um, so actually, we, we, we want that to lie, but, like we've we've used the word complexity a lot during this episode. Um, what you know? What actually? Where where is the added complexity? Because we've talked a lot about how VMs are complex and how if you want to achieve a lot of the same, particularly we haven't even talked about like horizontal pod auto scaling or like a particularly like based on a custom Prometheus metric or something like that. And and like that's that's bloody magic sometimes when that when that works correctly. So like there's complexity that that comes with a lot of benefits and if you were to try and um if you were to try and do that like with your own VM setup like obviously you're kind of reinventing the wheel there a little bit but how for just for kind of if you're just running like I just want to run the same as you know two VMs behind a load balancer and I want to run two pods behind an ingress controller like how much more complexity is there there honestly 
there is some overhead because like again running two vms is still simpler than running a cluster right you don't mm -hmm. have to know anything about like uh, yeah, but okay. But assuming you're not self-hosting a cluster, yeah, exactly. then you're, then you're let's, let's assume, yeah, no, no, let's even assume if you're, you're not, using something else. Even okay, I mean, if it's a service, then maybe it, it makes no difference at all. If there is like again, if you have an API that allows you to have two VMs behind a load balancer, and you have a slightly different API that allows you to have two pods behind a load balancer, usually there is like pretty much no difference. Yeah, I mean, right? in, aside in complexity, from, aside from having to learn how to use that api right in this yeah. case let's say cube but, but i mean that's from it. the but at the same time if, you're, if user... you're fresh right if, if yeah. you're coming to this as a junior developer and you've not worked in the kind of quote air quotes like old-fashioned way of doing things and this is the way that you learn to do things then is there really that much of a difference for you no probably yes. not yeah. actually probably, I want probably to, it's actually like, easier so why I, is there I, this perception of complexity i i think i know why or at least i think that's what we should do i the, there are like kind of different ways to look at this complexity. Like from the developer's point of view, I would actually argue that developers shouldn't care pretty much at all most of the time, especially if developers are happen to be in this like luxury environment where they can just, as so many people dream of, write the code and just push it to production and it does whatever. Uh, why, why would you care? Like you don't care for this complexity. So developers are kind of fine for now. Then <clears throat> we have that part of complexity when we say, yes, this brings a ton of complexity, but this also brings like so much benefit. And most of this complexity is like automated away by the vendor or the solution itself, whatever. Like let's say all this Kubernetes orchestration operators. And so we can say, okay, again, net amount of complexity that we bring is rather small, right? However, then we also have uh, those moments when things don't work. And then it gets interesting with the same vendor who automated most of that complexity away. Would they also be there for you to help you debugging this? It depends on like the vendor, the agreement, whatever. If yes, wonderful. If no, then you actually, even if all this complexity has been automated away, you still need to know how everything works because when it doesn't, you have to like bring it back to working condition. And then all this complexity matters again. But when it works, it's kind of okay. So if you're not the one who is responsible for maintaining this stuff, why would you care? Use whatever you want, honestly. Or I mean, not that use whatever you want. I meant to say there is no complexity in it for you. Pushing like code to pods or whatever, most of the time you build a stupid Docker image and push it to the registry. Then it's none of your business how it gets to production. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In general. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I would say we really need to like specify what complexity we're talking about and who is, uh, worried or not worried about this complexity but, uh, but like, i think you already touched part, part of this right um yeah. like i think we because we have the options to add more complexity question is who's gonna own and train the people in using that like it doesn't mean you don't need that complexity it doesn't mean like as you said like if you have a managed solution and you either have a managed solution with an with a load balancer uh on your kubernetes or you have a load balancer yourself in a vm or you have 
it doesn't really matter. It it comes when you add more complexity to the, to your own requirements, right? If you say, okay, I want to start auto-scaling uh, horizontally when I hit this amount of traffic or when I see that the CPU usage is above this XYZ for that amount of time, like then you add requirements from the business, hopefully, which will give you some advantage if you're on Kubernetes versus when you're on a set of VMs. Again, if your code base is one giant piece of code, which is 50 gigs per deployment, and then it might actually be smarter to stick on your VMs. Yeah, and maybe those. containers is not your jam then. Yeah, yeah. if you need uh, 15 GPUs per container per, per, for your applications, you're probably also cheaper off yeah, and but, easier uh, off. Like, uh, these so are, it really depends wh wh again, right? While I love your examples, Warner, I think these are like very exaggerated cases. They are on like on this side of the spectrum where like how amateur you are, it doesn't matter. You look at it and you see that, okay, Kubernetes is not the best choice. I think we're all worried oh, about wish. those. I mean, <laughs> okay, there are, there are, there are always like these people, but fine. anyway, I think the hardest case is when you have something that would normally run in a VM and could also be living in Kubernetes, Mesos, Nomad, whatever, like. And then there are different levels of complexity and it's harder to choose now. 50 GPUs is, yeah, sure. Sorry, no Kubernetes. Give me that fat instance, I'd be happy. But with this tiny ones, it's harder. Sure. But, I but I think it, it really is like, if you have a managed solution and you have developers who have experience already building Docker containers and doing the basic maintenance on it, let's not even talk scaling on based on Grafana metrics and things like that, but then there is no difference, I think, anymore. The simplicity of the APIs these days is, it's not the problem. As you say, if you start debugging or you get into this comp complexity where, okay, you have multiple admission webhooks and you get a circular dependency in there because one is blocking the rest, yeah, then it becomes, you need to know how that works, right? You need to have somebody in your organization that knows how that works. Uh, very simple example. So there you see that there's maybe a bit more complexity. But similar, like if you want to do proper infrastructure as code, assuming you want to do that, uh, then even there, there it's a different set of APIs which you need to learn. It's a different set of methodologies. It's also a different set of conventions you have to decide on, right? Like the advantage of having something like Kubernetes with Istio is a lot of decisions have been made for you. Mm. If they're the right decision for your organization is question number two. Are they the, are they good enough for your let me let me put it. Like I, I there is a right, there there is a perfect solution, of course, for every organization, or is it good enough? Uh, I think sometimes you don't know, and this is fine. And if you pick yep. a wrong, uh, I mean, especially with Kubernetes, uh, you have with all this complexity, you also have the flexibility of like picking different parts and then replacing them. It will be a pain in the ass, yes, for sure. But you still have the ability to replace one with the other without like basically switching everything off most of the time. Not not always, most of the time. Most of the time. And also uh, like it, we know it's super hard to predict the future, right? So sometimes I think if it kind of feels right or checks like some amount of boxes, I don't know, 40, 50%. Yeah, go ahead, embrace the complexity. Again, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles enabled right away. You can just have 
regular setup when you have a bunch of nodes and scheduled pods on them. That's it. Like no, not even having Istio, nothing, just like bare bones. Fine. Yep. Maybe you want to see how containers work. Great. Have it, it, play with it. Then yeah, add complexity kind of, kind of even feels, I don't know, weird saying this because isn't it how you're supposed to deal with like other things as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Start, start small kind of you know yeah. Yeah. Play with it yeah it's not like is... oh i want to start lifting i don't know 500 kilos tomorrow and then it's like ah oh, cracking your back and then you're in the hospital yeah but i think that is really important as well with this kind of situation it's where you make a decision on like okay how am i gonna move slow like you don't if you don't need istio if you don't need grafana if you don't need any of that stuff don't add it. Don't be. Mm -hmm. Don't go for the shiny new thing every time. Pick what you need, right? And these days, yes, I agree. Like Kubernetes is with the hosted options is a very good thing to pick. Oh, it's like, absolutely it wonderful. Like yeah. I'm using EKS, and I'm like, man, thanks God, whoever, like for this. This is this is just amazing. Well, you tried your own Kubernetes cluster, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when you know what the difference is, like, and it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Sure. Yeah, like back in the day when uh, when EKS wasn't a thing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes, there was complexity then. I, uh, I would just but, but then, uh, How was the name of that tool again? It was COPS? Was that it? COPS. Yep. yep. COPS. Yeah, there yep. you go. That was the but, beautiful days. Yeah. <laughs> but then to, to get back to uh, me ranting about different points of view at complexity eks everything's wonderful and amazing and then one day uh the cni plugin <laughs> went went <Right>. bananas because <laughs> because someone committed some stupid code in the plugin and then no basically for, for those who don't know cni plugin uh makes pods have ips which when this plugin doesn't work basically means your cluster has no networking like everything yeah. that is networked doesn't work. And then you have no cluster. And then you really need had a shit same, ton of experience to figure that out. the same thing yeah. with, um, with, with a managed uh, DigitalOcean Kubernetes cluster, but with just Cilium, which they is what they're using for basically the kind of yeah, DNS yeah. networking layer. Um, just going berserk as well. And, and because it's managed... You know, I, I can't I can't do anything on the master node, so I'm just kind of like help, like support tickets yeah. everywhere. Please the, fix this. The most complicated part when when you have problems in Cube is always DNS or networking overall, right? I like mean, it's, it's, oh yes, I, I, I Alpine, this, right? This is the same. Alpine everywhere. is not even Cube's fault. Like okay. you could yeah, be Alpine running. is just yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I mean. Every time CNI issues happen, then then you are it's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, how many networking engineers you know? Oof. Yeah, not much. Just a few, right? How many developers you know? <laughs> Everyone is exactly. a developer, like exactly. everywhere. Yeah, there is a reason things, for it. <laughs> that like I, I I don't know. It keeps like surprising me why that is that. Network is the thing that connects everything to everything. Mm -hmm. And so many engineers just decide that, oh, that's the piece of knowledge I don't need. Everybody it's that stuff know. that is always there. It works. It's like air. Everything is awesome. Until it, it doesn't work. Until it isn't, yeah. Yeah. Until MasterCard is down. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, look, um, look at Facebook network, right? Look yep. at MediaMarkt. Media so oh, yep. It's not yeah. Facebook anymore. Actually, it's not Fang <laughs> oh, anymore. Shit. I should, shouldn't yeah. have said Fang. It's not Manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Max said about five I minutes ago that, that we can't predict the future. But uh, screw Max. Let's oh, predict boy. the future. Oh, boy. Bye. So, so, so let, me, let, let me ask something, because I'm, I'm actually thinking, like, we've, we went now through, okay, we've got a managed Kubernetes cluster. Like, my expectation is later on we'll go towards a more and more towards a low-code, no-code. Because as Max has already said, like, people have forgotten how networking works, which is I'm pretty much one of them. Like, I know how IP addresses work and some of the routing, and at some point I'm also like, eh, whatever. I, I have you, you know Max how networking works a lot more than some people have worked with. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, but, a lot of people, they, they haven't forgotten. They just never learned. That's but my, but my expectation is that we will see it shift more and more towards no-codes, less low-code. Like, that is really my expectation. The more I'm looking at all these software as a services and everything in that order. Like, if I look at what the developers these days are, are doing, like, honestly, half of it could be could be done without any. That's anything. true. I, 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 like, if we just, if, if we write the correct tools for it, half of it could literally be done without. And mm. then I don't have to worry about databases. I don't have to worry about any of that. I had an interesting situation. Sorry, anecdote time. Um, when I was when I was hiring a lot, we had this coding challenge um, where I work, and we had a lot of like maybe maybe younger developers um, solve it with serverless stuff, uh, and just just be like, here's a couple of cloud functions, uh, and here's how to wire them up, and. That actually caused a little bit of a kerfuffle internally because some people were like, how do I even start reviewing this? Like, this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting two very distinct services and they're supposed to be, you know, um, kind of full stack services. And then why do I have to, why am I reviewing two lambdas instead of two actual applications? And I was like, but, but, but why not? Like, this is, this solves the problem, yeah. you know? Uh, uh, also, like, what's the big difference? Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Should, should look pretty much the same. It with should like act some, the same some way. Tiny yeah. exceptions. Yeah. But I think it goes to, to Varner's point here. Like, I think he's absolutely right. Like, and uh, I wouldn't say serverless is even. It's not even local. It's not even serverless. Um, but it, it, in some in some ways, like yeah. But but developers are definitely trying to move away from all the oily bits. And just be like, I just want to do some code, and I don't care how it runs. I just want. But they've been trying to do this. Since I don't know, yeah, forever. Whatever. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Only like those first programmers who were like just doing everything with com the computer, like those people are long gone. Yep. Like that's that's not how it works in the industry these days. Like big, small enterprise, not enterprise, whatever. Like y you just cannot. There is so much complexity drink uh <laughs> in, in in everything these days like one person no but i think it's it's one of those things which we see more and more right i mean we're not even like what programming language level are we writing it like yeah, yeah which we could probably have the same conversation about like c versus whatever same yeah. thing about benefits yeah. and memory exactly. control and whatever like and, and and you will see that these lambdas and these, these these functions will work up to a very long time, probably better than your Docker container would in Kubernetes. But until yeah. you get a certain amount of of requirements, which may be hardware, which may be cost, which may be business, which may be 
God knows what. Um, then Let's it might make sense to start like... switching. It might make sense to start switching back to a container, right? And maybe once you know it's okay, the container doesn't work for us. I think uh, it also so depends on. Doesn't on work. You might want to go more and more bare metal. It, like it mm -hmm. really, it's going to depend. Uh, I think it, it depends. Also... It depends on what's available in your in your serverless environment, right? Like if you need a particular um, library or extension installed at the operating system level, you know, I'm I'm right now I'm I'm thinking in uh, PHP speak, but like you know, if you need like PHP and Kafka, that's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, but okay, actually, Ka Kafka Kafka is <laughs> <a> great. <laughs> Kafka Second. is a great example, despite the fact that it's like I you knew know, this I, I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> now, thank you, Max. Um, but like you know, that that's a C extension that that needs to be installed, right? So you can't uh, run that in in a Lambda, or you know, the, there might be like certain other things that you need to make syscalls for, or something like that. that but just... I know what is interesting, though. Even the Lambda thing now runs Docker in it. So I'm actually, sure. this is this is yeah, and there's like Google Cloud Run as well, which is kind of similar, it's right? Docker. So, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think honestly, like it's um, the the networking layer, as, as Max was saying, is where the interesting part is, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, Kubernetes services for for all of their sometimes opacity and just like confusion that they've caused me in the past, uh, they're really bloody smart. They they're like it's it's a really good design. They're also really bloody simple. You only have to do with stupid ports. Right, exactly. Uh, so uh, don't and I don't even I've, have to know anything about IP addresses. Yeah, just I've, make sure that hey, the correct number is put in two different places. Oh. <laughs> and from you know, from from what I know about, and um, we keep saying Lambda, like it's the the Hoover of functions of a service. Basically, it's the Kleenex of functions of a service. But uh, you know, from what I what I know about functions of a service, you know, a lot of the time they just don't have this like inter-function networking there yet. And I think that's what's going to mature over the next few years is, is to allow your functions to be able to communicate more more easily and more um, transparently with one another. It, it keeps getting better, though, I think. Yeah. yeah, it, It's moving. Days, As we it's speak, like someone's working on it. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's always like, you know, when you add the communication between those functions eventually, right? And then you want to add some security on top of that, like, hey, should this function talk to Maybe the like other function? Maybe like egress rules or, or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Then then the complexity comes back. It's just like, it might be implemented differently, but it will it will still be there, right? So you have yeah. to be aware it, it, of it's like, how to handle it. Yeah. Go, going back to that example about like C versus whatever other high, higher level language uh, with memory management, uh, you like, I don't know, go you don't manage memory as much, yep. but then you have so many other things that you can now be worried about. So you spend your time on those. So this complexity, I don't think it ever goes away. It's like some of the layers are now so simple that we don't even remember about mm. them. It's just that we find or bring complexity on this other levels that are like higher yeah. in the hierarchy. Well, and Go's a great example as well, because there are times when that just doesn't work, right? Where like, it's, it's like very rigid way of doing garbage disposal gets in your way. Oh, and, yeah. and you, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of, um, movement in like the Rust, uh, ecosystem and, and community right now about like stuff that, that they can do that Go cannot, uh, because they have a lot more control over how memory management works and how garbage collection works, for example. Yeah, um, it, it's yeah. so it, it's 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 choosing where the abstraction lives, and, where, where you know, sure. and also whether the abstraction helps you because uh -huh. there are still I yeah. bet there are still certain things that you can do in a very elegant way in C, 
and it will work. Mm. But those use cases are becoming like smaller and smaller and just like far and few between while like, I don't know, 20 years ago, it was nearly, ev- oh, maybe, maybe not 20, maybe 30 years ago, it was nearly everywhere. And now you're like, see, what is it? <laughs> well, I think it's also stabilizing, right? This is what we'll see, I think, I think in the future as well is where we see that Kubernetes will at some point stabilize a bit more. Like when we started off, like Kubernetes was changing his, its versions like every other day, literally. Uh, and it, it now goes towards, okay, it's every other, let's say, year, like half a year. Well, and they'll introduce that. a resource in like this V1 beta 1 state, and then like over time that will Iterate they'll, they'll move yep. it to, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, like I it, it, the iteration cycles has definitely gone down. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a really interesting point, right? The Kubernetes um, API to a degree is is kind of almost becoming an industry standard right it's becoming the way that certainly like within this group of people that i'm talking to right now but like i also know that you know if i went out and went to some random meetup in a bar um and and there were some developers there i could talk to them about kubernetes and i couldn't go to them and talk to them about nomad for all the you know i've never used nomad but it looks really interesting right i think there's a but like the the kubernetes verbs and nouns and and the way of thinking is becoming really ubiquitous and so i think that is where the abstraction layers will be drawn in future and it will be you know if you're talking about functions as a service or or how things are going to be arranged uh to to kind of hide some more of that complexity in future it's going to be drawn along the battle lines of where Kubernetes has decided to expose things to engineers I, I, in terms I think of to, to an extent they already are. Like let's yeah. say, yeah, but the, you already uh, have these things, right? You have the OCI format, for example, for the images, and you have yeah. similar similar things already happening on. Which I think is one of the reasons why Kubernetes is also picking up the way it has is because it is open source, uh, oh, and it's, yeah, it has a sure. huge community, which helps. Yep. Like it's it's this you know spread over effect where where you have so many people that know about the the intrinsics of Cube that kind of helps right because then when you go to a bar to talk to some developers they already know not because they work with it but because they heard about it somehow so and and you can go and talk to a developer who works with Azure and and yeah. like and you know I've been still... working with DigitalOcean for the past two and a half years and you're working with Amazon and we're talking in Amazon speak right now and it doesn't mm. matter because Kubernetes kind of crosses that that border whereas if we're talking functions as a service Lambda is different to Cloudflare's thing right there's yeah. you can't yeah. have the same conversation it kind of still depends where you are like when you're a developer probably doesn't matter when you're the one mm. who maintains that there's still yeah, then, like bits yeah. and pieces that you need to pay attention to also I wanted to mention this things let's say for example kubernetes operators oh. these magical beasts are absolutely amazing yeah i think sometimes <laughs> people would pick kubernetes over some other technology just because how many things there are it's an ecosystem that, that you can, right that you, can you, you can you can basically yeah. say like you know pseudo apt install grafana and you have pretty grafana. Much. exactly yeah, pretty much. but, but yeah. every, everybody it's, likes that legos everybody likes that legos yeah. but because they work like yeah. they, they really do. It, well, it's, un- until you install the wrong one or you have a better version, yeah, but, but it, again, cluster. The, but it, the, this stuff is this is why you need like, multiple ones. You can no, yeah, up, but, but install some stupid like, stuff, and you can install things kind of out of the box, right? Like, let's say, hey, I need a Kafka instance. Let's say, 
and, and then you Not have even it, of an course. instance you can have like the whole kafka cluster super duper contraption yeah you can have out like of the Muti box. AZ, exactly multi az kind of kafka but i'm not even getting into the point and where, then you're where self-hosting you kafka and, and, okay. and, and, uh, so, and you, sorry guys sorry guys right please, please go I'm, I'm going the same route with kafka as i'm going with kubernetes please buy a managed service yeah, yeah please. obviously <laughs> please but i'm please saying like don't don't do what they just said don't just install it on your cube cluster please don't please don't you can i mean you can if you know what you're doing you can you can do whatever you want I would okay, but if you know what you're doing, you can also agree with your own and say even more. You should, if you know what you're doing, I want you. you should. But only if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the thing. I can install anything in Cube just by saying kubectl minus f apply blah blah blah. Here it is. Boom. Yeah. yeah or or you know Helm install or this, Helm right? install yeah. for packaging management or whatever, which you know makes things like super easy. And that easy. It becomes a bit harder though changes. when you start running running into the cases where you need to GPUs and and other things like where CPU sharing, for example, is is perfectly working. You cannot share GPUs at the moment. And now I can tell so, you do machine learning yeah. at your company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but that but it, it is a difference. Like, and this is I think again, it, it is important to investigate, right? Like, which technology fits with your company. It, does, it doesn't mean that because everybody is using Kubernetes, Kubernetes is the right choice for your organization. And I think yeah, this is, is one thing which it's true. which you have to look at always. Like, hey, it's very, you might even very, have 10 very, system engineers. Yeah, very tempting to, to try it out because of all the things we just mentioned, like because of how many bells and whistles you can have. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I would exactly. say if you're running without GPUs, like, uh, and and you have a managed service, I honestly don't see a reason not to try that. But try, like Max said before, start with the bare bones. Start and small. Then pick your operators. Yeah. Pick your yeah. controllers yeah. and pick this the things you want to do and take the put, time put to introduce them within your organization as well. On the breadboard, play with signals. You know. Yes. Make an LED flash first. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it is important. I think very important to, to not go the route where what I what I see people doing very quickly is like, well, I've got Kubernetes. Okay, let's install Istio. Let's install all these things. And what they don't do is actually roll it out and teach. Let the organization grow with the changes and with the, the technologies that you're introducing. Because if you're doing everything at once, a developer will be overwhelmed. Warner, uh, like even this, are, are you doing the the talk about how like this is actually an organizational problem and organizational mm-hmm. complexity Again. is the real issue rather than a technical issue? Because uh, no. we've changed you. Like we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. I was about to wow. say. No, I'm just that, saying. We just you can converted have brain Warner, I think. <laughs> I think we broke Warner, and I, I I think I think on that on that bombshell, uh, maybe maybe we should uh, maybe maybe we should like let Warner go and think about what he's just said in peace. So okay, let me let me give you a rebuttal on that because I won't <laughs> let that one stick. No, for me this is not an organizational thing. For me this is really a developer thing because as a developer, Kieran, you broke somebody, him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as somebody no, as somebody who likes to understand how things work. If somebody throws Kubernetes at me, and they throw it with Istio, with Grafana, with autoscaling, with with Spinnaker controllers, or whatever, whatever you want to use, they throw it all at the same time at me, and their organization before was running in VMs. Honestly, I would look at this as the most complex thing ever and run as fast as I can. Whereas, if I have a, if I have a team of people who are introducing this, they're saying, okay, we're starting bare bones, so we're doing the switch to containers. 
let's understand containers. Okay, why do we need to run not run everything as root? Very basic stuff. Why do we need to use a distroless image, for example? What's the advantage? What's the disadvantage? Know why you make a choice, right? Then they introduce something like Istio. It's like, awesome, now I can get rid of this retry pattern in my code and I can switch it over there. Then you get a learning experience. Like you train your organization and your people. I like how alerting comes how like nearly it. last. Wonderful. <laughs> well done, Werner. Hmm? <laughs> yes, I can say organization. Or you didn't listen to the last episode. No, but it, it is important. Like it is, this iterative change is really important, and I think that is more. The more and more that I'm seeing that, it's like, it's not because the like we can come into an organization, any of us, and be like, awesome. You need to introduce this, 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 this. You pick your topics. You can you can introduce so many things, but you need to figure out that hey, my organization needs to grow with this. If you go if you go into an organization that's used to not having cross-functional teams, the way you have to work is totally different than if you're going into an organization which already has it. If you have a team of developers who've always used VMs and they are magical wizard with Ansible, because awesome, you can do awesome things with Ansible as well, uh, then maybe getting them convinced about Helm, it's going to take a bit more time. You have to convince them about the other advantages as well. And introducing that gradually, as well as like we said with the metrics as well, like doing it gradually is the thing where you want to I think you're, you're spot on there. So, and now you've changed me. Okay, Kieran? <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I think we broke water. No, but, but he's bringing uh, a really good uh, point. And, and just, just for that, our <laughs> next episode is going to be completely management heavy. We're not going to mention anything yeah, about technology at all. Yeah, but it's a big thing, all. guys, because like at the end of the day, it's people using technology. And like I, I don't think, I really don't think that the kind of setups that we're describing here are the norm yet. I, I just looking at, you know, the hiring pool, all the candidates that I look at, like, I really do think that most people worldwide, and because we're all hiring in a, you know, worldwide um, job market, are not using Kubernetes, they are not using Istio, they are not doing observability, they are not in cross-functional teams. And so, especially when an organization is growing fast, you're bringing in a lot of people that may or may not accept the way that you do things and depending on how strong or not strong your onboarding program is there they might be bringing a lot of inertia to like towards an old way of working and you might end up with an organization where people just don't really know how to use the tools that were very carefully set up um before them and 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 this is very much a people problem <laughs> i think not so much a technology problem um, but you know, I don't know, and I don't know if your point, Varner, was was towards this, but um, but I definitely see it, and it's and it's a bit of a struggle. I like that you brought this up. I, I was about to bring something similar. Uh, it's uh, remember how uh, at least back in the day, some companies would choose a technology by just looking at the job market. And being like, oh, we can hire like 55 PHP developers tomorrow. So we're using PHP for this reason. And it really did work. Yeah, for some I see the logic in it, honestly. Because why would you why would you use something you wouldn't be able to hire anyone for? Yeah, makes sense. And I don't like I agree with Pedro that probably specifically Kubernetes is not there yet. However, again, it kind of depends. Like most people I look at know this. But 
I'm I'm kind of biased. I'm looking at engineers who like ha, um, are being hired for like this particular position that you kind of need to do Kubernetes things. So a lot of them know this. But then yeah, if you look at like uh, let's say developers, yeah, a lot of them don't know. Which sometimes they don't have to, and maybe they would never. Again, Istio and other things that were mentioned, if they work as a developer, meh. You may never even know what Istio is. Again, the question is also, what kind of company are you building? Like, is do you need to hire 50 developers, or do you take the time to train the people you hire? Like, maybe it's better to switch over and say, hey, we just hire juniors and we train them up. We give them the skill sets, Maybe. which you might also, which can also create loyalty. But then you get into this entire mm-hmm. management this part, which I really loyalty. don't want to talk about. That, yeah, exactly. And you keep that's talking was, about it. That's what I was going to say. Either turns into loyalty or into a school. Or yeah, and and then you know those engineers then go to another company who don't have yep. this, and they ex- they 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 have kind of been taking this for granted for a while, and they go, "What do you mean? <laughs> like you know everything isn't." you know yeah, <laughs> like exactly. you know what what do you mean i don't have metrics for free what do you mean i you know i i, I can't actually like, do I, I have a very good example from from our amazing employer from the past so discovery blah, blah, blah. uh you remember guys that at, at uh HelloFresh, not everything was ideal even before we had kubernetes we had all kinds Whoa, of like and on that bombshell hold on the example is valid so we were like many of us were complaining how certain technologies that we were using weren't ideal for this and for that and for the other but then uh someone would leave the company and then talk back to you saying oh you know what i went to this amazing company x and they have this that and the other but they don't have all these things that we've been complaining about and apparently life is super hard without them like Mm -hmm. They were complaining about oh, them yes. before, but when you don't have them, shit, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you get used to these things. And yeah, as uh, Kieran was saying, yeah, if you go somewhere and you take a lot of things for granted. It's it's amazing then... how much I, I both, uh, on the one hand, I hate console. And on the other hand, like I want console everywhere or just service recovery everywhere. And how uh, much I, I missed it when I didn't have it. Yep, exactly. I agree. No, but I think I think on that, actually, on that bombshell, on that lawsuit, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have been the critical channel. You've been listening to us, and we have uh, talked some crap into your ears for about an hour. Uh, you're welcome. Um, you leave us a review. Us, you actually, can, you, if can, you, you can still yes, enjoy this please, crap. Please, please leave, us, leave a review. us a review. Leave a review. Uh, because I don't. I I've never looked at our reviews, uh, but I I assume we have like. You know, one. I actually need max. to remember how to look. <laughs> I don't know how to things. look at them. Where, where I, don't know, I don't know where you leave a review, but honestly, <laughs> honestly, that that's your as the listener, that's your job. That's your homework. And then tweet Figure at it us out. so that we uh, know. Human based alerting. Then, and then tell us how to yep. do it. Tweet us. Yeah. Uh, send us a send us something through Prometheus Alert Manager just to let us know. Uh, you can find us on the internet at criticalchannel.io slash 15. And you can find us on the Twitters at, at Criticalio. There he is. Uh, Yay, been, we finally you know, made it into the teenage years. The teenage <laughs> years. Yes. Hooray. Oh, wow. We're the best. 
we've been doing this for 15 years now, guys. Yep. <laughs> it feels like... Yeah, it does. <laughs> feels like this episode's gone on for about 15 years, so I think it's time to wrap it up. See ya! Yay! Ciao! Ciao.